Welcome to episode five of Cosmic Tales, a Guardians of the Galaxy podcast. I'm Jesse Butler. I'm Jeff Davis. I'm Keenan Kibrick. And I'm Kip Harris. So today we are looking at uh, Captain Marvel 32 and 33, the third part of our Drax Thanos saga from the 70s. Last time, Thanos now has the Cosmic Cube. He has the Cosmic Cube. He is now a god turned into a giant sparkly head in space with stars for eyes. Captain Marvel used to be Captain Marvel the Kree, and now he's Captain Marvel the Kree, blessed by the power to be a defender of justice, because he wasn't originally, by one of the cosmic beings. I'm forgetting which one at the moment. I think it was... Uh, Aeon. Aeon, yes, Aeon. Aeon. Now they have to go fight Thanos, the godlike creature head in space. Yes, this is issue 32 of Captain Marvel, Thanos, the insane god. Dramatic. Very. Particularly that intro panel where it looks like the entire planet that they're on is shaking because nobody is standing up straight. Yes. Oh, is that? I thought they were all in such shock that they'd lost their balance. Perhaps so. I mean, Captain Marvel there particularly looks like he's going to just topple over at any second. He (laughs) took lessons from Shatner. Ah, okay. Moon Dragon looks like Lex Luthor. Well, she's got the single jazz hand out, though. Woo! (laughs) Sorry. And I feel like Iron Iron Man's desperation of, I fear the odds of our vanquishing Thanos, quoted by Isaac the computer, have dropped from 0.4% to just plain zero by Iron Man. Good job losing all hope there, Iron Man. It's classic Tony Stark snark. Like, yeah. Just plain zero. Yeah, I will say, so Moon Dragon's uh, outfit here shows a lot of skin, but by the time it gets to the 90s, it like becomes more of a sliver and less of an outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Moon Dragon's outfit? Yeah. Yeah. And we definitely start to see some transitory stuff here, because we still have the leader back there. What was his name again? Mentor. 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 That was it. In the I'm clearly still kind of in the 70s outfit with the giant back collar, the cape, the loose top, and then the skin tight pants, and then the elbows. It's gorgeous. And I have to say, by the way, the next page is my favorite page of like this entire series. I even wrote in my like notes about it because nothing beats, as we've been talking about in the first one in this, the whole story of this is what does Drax do? And Drax, the single-minded, amazing, blessed creature, thinks that he sees a giant Thanos the size of a star, more than one star, and his answer is, your newfound might may humble the others, but I was born to be your enemy. So no matter what the odds I fight on for, I am the destroyer. (laughs) Yes, covered by the answer, no wait, and he literally shoots I-beams at the stars to destroy them. Because go, Drax, go, that's how you can defeat a god. Especially since it's just like the monitor, so he just destroys the observatory they're all in. Everyone else runs for cover. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go, Drax, go, you are just... Go hit all the good guys and hurt them trying to shoot a view screen. Yep. It's like yeah. that Clearly, uh, movie of Change the Channel. Clearly, Kronos was not really fully cognizant of what he was doing in creating Drax. Yeah. Yeah. So we get... it's, a, it's a newbie mistake to write a character that's kind of one-dimensional. But I wouldn't so... say it's that newbie, considering we're talking about comics here. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he's so one-dimensional. It... It's like beyond one-dimensional. It's like he becomes it's a dimension. Yes. one-dimensional. <laughs> It's, it's yes. Kronos's newbie mistake to write the newbie character. And then on the next page, we've got, for some reason, Moondragon getting knocked out. Well, so the next two pages are kind of a slow attrition of, like, 
the group is trying to get to the Hall of Science, where clearly the answers lie, uh, and they slowly lose members. So the Mentor and Moondragon stay behind as Mentor takes Moondragon to safety, and then they're flying through a forest in Titan, and Eros gets attacked by trees, and eventually they have to leave him behind. But we do get the great interspace panel where, you know, Drax rises from the rubble and looks pretty menacing and awesome again, because nothing stops Drax. Nothing. Then we get recap pages. I don't know if we need to cover them too closely. But I do love that, like, literally, he blows up everything and causes them all have to run away from the great space station they were on. And then at the end of it, he has no remorse, no nothing. His only response is, coming alive from the rebel into the middle of space, vengeance such as mine will not rest until fulfilled, so the destroyer yet lives. Meaning, you go, Drax, you're just going to keep on doing the same thing. I, I love him. And then we get the big reveal that uh, the Cosmic Cube has been captured. Yeah, that's right. That, that the Kree ultimate warrior with cosmic awareness is also a pickpocket. It's I love the phrasing there. I palmed this. Cool. Like from yeah, Thanos. Just, and you ever you wonder from where? Like where did he palm the cosmic cube from Thanos the I guess before that he was there physically. Yeah, cuz cuz what happened was he sucked the power of the cosmic cube, became a deity, and then just cast it aside. Oh, I was assuming it was like some sort of five finger discount at Kmart kind of thing. <laughs> now on Blue Light Special, Cosmic Cubes! <laughs> that comes much later. Uh, I guess that is slightly confusing. Doesn't Thanos use the Cosmic Cube to become a god? Supposedly he got all the power out of the Cosmic Cube and now it's a god, so now it's just a cube that used to have power. Okay. But still glows, and Captain but- Marvel is convinced that it is somehow inexorably linked to dealing with Thanos' new godlike powers. Yeah, talk about Don't ruin the secret! Then. That's gonna be spoilers! Oh! Well, no, no, he says it on this very page. Oh, he does? He drained all the cube's power into himself, but the cube may still be of use to us. Yeah, I guess. We may find a way to use the cube against him if we review what's happened so far. Because they do a recap. (laughs) And then they fight demons. Big, giant demons. Which aren't demons. They're metal constructs that look like demons. Yes. Because if you're a god, you've got to have demons, but Thanos is a titan, so he believes in science, so he's going to create demons out of metal. Followed by one panel of an unconscious Iron Man that just looks silly to me. Like this, he looks like a funny little ragdoll. He really does. Oh, and then the next best page, because Drax, of course, is doing the right thing by still fighting Thanos the way he should, shooting laser blasts again at a god skull. He's out in space, so there's no collateral damage this time. You're right. Except for, you know, solar systems and planets and such. See, but yeah. I can't tell. Is he actually that powerful where he's doing it? Or does he just think he is? Like, I have this feeling like, you know, mm-hmm. he actually isn't blowing up planets with his beam. But he just thinks he is. Like, he's just shooting these gun into space. And it's like, it will hit Thanos. That's what guns should do. I like this idea of Drax being insane and having these delusions. <laughs> it's yes. good. That does work so That explains why death is literally on a pedestal. <laughs> You're so right. Well, that's... uh. That's probably also a little bit of a metaphor here, considering, <laughs> considering Thanos and all that. Actually, you know, Kit, considering what you said, it's actually not even a metaphor, because Thanos actually says, the Destroyer, will I ever be rid of your annoying insanity? I like that even Thanos is like, yeah, no, you are totally insane. What are you doing? This is this is not working, guy. I think we've reached a new level of, of comprehension with this whole battle. It's, 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 it's suddenly deeper. Trax is just like, I only know how to do one thing. It is kill Thanos. Even if he isn't there, I will still kill him. 
Well, we'll and get more of that later once Thanos is dead. Yeah. <laughs> even even more interesting is the fact that Thanos, now effectively a god due to the Cosmic Cube, decides, no, I'm not going to obliterate Drax with all of my newfound powers. I'm going to mine Krutak. Kim. Oh, wait. Oh, yes, we are at another of those. I forgot. Because this is the revelation where it actually links back to Moonshadow. Well, I, we've had two previous times where Thanos is kicked the Glarns but Drax and then left him alive. That's a common theme, though, of Thanos, or at least I like in Infinity War, because I do remember in Infinity War, one uh, Warlock says to him, like, that's your biggest flaw, Thanos. You literally want yourself to lose. And now, like, retroactively looking, I appreciate Thanos to be like, okay, Thanos, you're just doing this game to roleplay yourself out, but you know eventually you're going to want yourself to lose, so keep on your roleplay. I think he's just a giant, really good, like, storyteller Thanos and is like, I want an interesting adventures for people. It's very cat and mouse too, saying that I believe I shall toy with you, restore your full memory. And then apparently his face is silly putty. That's well, how you know you're being... a lot with the whole mind thing. Right. Because if you remember the last mind battle, they had that whole warp between Drax and Thanos and stuff. So Yeah, you lose all the bone structure in your face when you're being mind crutacket. Yeah, exactly. And then of course it's like actual, then we learn the backstory that Actually, Drax the Destroyer was actually a human, because if I'm correct in some part in Marvel, for a long time, everyone is secretly human. Not everyone, but a lot of people. So yeah, here's where we learned that Drax was once a human. A real estate agent with a wife and daughter on his way to Las Vegas in 1953 to see his idol Elvis Presley. Yes, but then Thanos' ship flies past it, and I do love this so much, that on a scouting mission he is there... And, you know, the only people that see this giant spaceship is one car. And Thanos' answer is, let's just blow it up. Mm-hmm. It's not even that they saw him. It's that they could have seen him. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yes. They could take the chance. And then you get the Moondragon reveal. Yes, so it turns out that Moondragon is his daughter Heather, having been kidnapped by the Titans after this car crash, and him being presumed dead. Or actually dead, because Kronos took his soul and made him into the track. So he was dead already. And now we know why he is so screwed up and one-minded. Except then, after all of this extensive mind crutack, he goes right back to it. Of course. He's like, you know, Mentor blocked all these memories to minimize the pain, but that mental block was a weakness. A weakness Thanos used against me. You have failed! I am a shattered a shattered being I am not. I am a whole one again. And I hate you more! <laughs> yes. I now have anger! Actually, I love more Da-da. than anything... I always think about this like, I now have anger and purpose, and then I go and I'm thinking to myself, yes, but do you have any more weapons that can actually hurt Thanos, <laughs> the, like, giant god? Did any of this actually give you that? No. <laughs> On the other hand, he blows up an asteroid yeah, just because he, he can't. And then we jump to the Avengers, which is really annoying, because if you didn't read the Avengers comics, you're kind of just like, why are these heroes all fighting a giant army? But it's something happened in the Avengers, and Thanos is sending an army to destroy Earth. He's a god. Why is he bothering with sending an entire fleet of people to Earth? Which is something the Avengers asked themselves in the Avengers episode issue. And also remember, it's because Thanos wants to lose. Yeah, he does a whole bunch of this stuff just because he wants to lose. Mm-hmm. So who do we have here? Uh, Black Panther, Thor, Captain America. Who's the pink Black in the Knight. token? Black Knight. Uh, isn't he Swordsman? Was he Swordsman then? I think that's Swordsman. I don't know, did he change his name at some point? I actually don't, I know nothing about that guy. I mostly recognize it because wasn't sometime in Thunderbolts, Baron Nemo or Zemo or whatever his name is, pretends to be Swordsman for a while, I think. Oh no, you're right, it is Swordsman. I thought it was Black Knight. 
But really the most important character that comes up from this is the character in the bottom panel, the cool robot, the now formed supercomputer. Isaac. Isaac. That is a cool kimono. I need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want a galaxy star kimono. And then back to Captain Marvel beating up more constructs. Although I do like the facial shift from the here's my perfectly normal face to here's it even more angular and shaded to here's the entire universe in my face. That contour, man. Yeah. Hey, when he protects the universe, he becomes the universe. Apparently so. So, yeah, he continues fighting these robots until he realizes that they'll just keep coming as long as he exists. But luckily, he can go to a different dimension and send defenseless Rick <laughs> Jones <laughs> and hope that that's not a bad plan. Ah, uh, cosmic <laughs> stuff, man. <laughs> Love Rick Jones, though. He's like, well, I'm in a really, 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 really bad position here. I have no powers, no nothing. I'm also holding this fake cosmic cube. I know. I'll make Thanos angrier. I love that he's so humanized. He's using slang. He names the computer. Yeah. He can't, he can't say Isaac, which is not that strange of a name. Mm. He has to shorten it to Zach. You dig? You dig? Groovy, man. Yeah. Both Marvel and DC have a habit of having a, a young human character who tries to be hip but never quite manages. And maybe I'm misinterpreting this, but I thought Rick Jones was at least an adult, but he refers to himself as the boy psychologist. No, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be like 16 or about Oh, here. okay. Really? I totally thought he had to have been in his 20s. Yeah, but, I was definitely no. thinking mid-20s. At most, I think he's like recently graduated from high school kind of stuff. Wow. Wow. He's a very mature high school graduate. Because I'm a high school teacher, and I've never seen any as mature as him. <laughs> well, remember, well, you've never had a student values of mature because you remember his whole, you know, I want to be a rock star push thing that he's been going on with. Oh yeah. So you know, he for some reason he's incredibly introspective at some points, but at other points he's just like, man, I just want to get groovy with the chicks and play my guitar. Yeah, you got to remember, he was created by Stan Lee as a, like, we need to have a kid to relate to the audience, but we're like 40 and don't know how to write kids. So that is Rick Jones. So, and he also refers to Captain Marvel as Marv. Yeah. Yeah. There's this really interesting quote from Jones, bottom of the page. Marvel says, watch it, Rick, don't get angry at him. And then Rick Jones says, angry, you can only get angry at someone you respect. And if you think back about Drax suddenly having anger and vengeance on his mind... Does he respect Thanos? Is wait, what? But yes. <laughs> is that what's happening here? Was that is that a is that a wink? Or it could just be Rick Jones being a 16-year-old Grunton. <laughs> Cuz I mean that's kind of the implication if we just look at the surface here, but so I do like that when he's saying that he's got the cosmic cube hiding behind his back mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, Thanos, the god, blasts him with some kind of energy blast out of his mouth. And Rick Jones evades it. Jones, then, the perfectly normal human being who does not have cosmic awareness, dodges a blast from a god. And then quotes Back to the Future. Wait, he does? Uh, I think you're chicken. Oh. Uh, yeah. Quotes it before Back to the Future. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then Thanos, of course, being so angry at, you know, the human, which is once again, like, the Thanos flaw of Thanos flaws. He thinks the best idea is to go out of god form back into Thanos form to fight the man and Captain Marvel, because Thanos, of course, really, really, really wants to lose this thing, only at a dramatically appropriate time. Which I think they cover at some point in it, where they're like, why are you doing this? You could literally take over the universe. 
you're totally right because you would think that maybe this is just Thanos the Mad Titan being an egotist, but he really just wants to lose. He's giving everybody every opportunity to kick his sleep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. It does this again in Infinity War or Infinity Gauntlet. Like, yeah. He's the nice guy supervillain. Oh, absolutely. He is the nicest guy through supervillain. I mean, he puts people through the ringer, but... But they come out stronger for it. <laughs> no, he's actually a good guy. In many ways, I believe Thanos is like one of the best good guys ever. Like, he's that like self-flagellating bad guy where he's like, I must do all these things to make you stronger. And this is... Because, you know, I mean, all he wants really is love. If you think about it in the end, he only wants love. So he is kind of a good guy. Yeah, but he wants love from death. It's love and love. He courts death. He wants them to defeat him so he can die, so he can love death. Oh, whoa. There you go. That's pretty deep. That's, that makes sense. But he can't commit suicide because then death wouldn't respect him. Exactly. I think I've read we... way too much Deadpool. <laughs> Wait, that's a plot in Deadpool? Yes. <laughs> Wade Wilson is also in love with death. And Thanos curses him with immortal life because of it. It's amazing. And he makes him look like Tom Cruise. It's actually a really good run. <laughs> I gotta read this. <laughs> yeah, I've been slowly working my way through the X-Men, and I finally got to the 90s where they introduced Deadpool, and his initial appearance is not nearly as exciting or interesting. No. no. Mostly because X-Force is kind of lame to start with. Yeah, the 90s were a lot of weird experiments. Yes. And not to totally segue, but Deadpool has, like, starts out bad, gets good, gets really, really bad, gets really, really bad, gets, oh my god, please stop reading this. Lurg. Oh, it got good again. And now it's kind of in this weird... <laughs> Deadpool's in this moment. Parody, kind of overly Dead. meta situation. Yeah. Yeah, a little too much now. Yeah. yeah. It's... Flarktasmic. See, and again, to segue just a little bit, that's why I always liked Burn's run of She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Because it had that nice balance of meta and not meta. Yeah. And it had She-Hulk as an actual fully realized character as opposed to just another, you know, rage monster Hulk type character. Is Mark that She-Hulk the lawyer? Hmm? Yes, yeah, She-Hulk is a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Wade just finished his run of, I'm totally sorry, but uh, of Daredevil that a completely reinvented the character. It was incredible. Recommend it wholeheartedly. Well, we should probably move on to the actual stuff. Sorry. <laughs> At some point, we will have an episode with She-Hulk because there's like two or three issues that Rocket Raccoon is in. I haven't yes. actually seen, found them yet, but... Uh, the, we will have to check those out. Yes. So, yes, now we're uh, on to issue 33. Which, in so many ways, is giant recap in the beginning for about, like, four pages. Pretty much. Because you couldn't be assumed to have read the last right. seven issues, or however many it is. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty it good art really, Yeah, it really yeah. recompressed seven issues into, like, four pages. But on the cover, uh, Thanos has Captain Marvel's head in his hand like an eight ball. And he looks like he's just going to crush his tiny Kree skull. Why doesn't he just kill him right then? Okay, because because the covers are never actually what's happening at any particular point in a comic. <laughs> it's yeah. so infuriating. No, actually, goes to the next part of it because he does fight him, and then there is. Oh no, I guess you're right because he's still in actuality. He's still looking like uh, Rick Jones. Yeah. Only to have an actual fight between Thanos and Rick Jones, which is actually a pretty good fight. Lot of bashing and smashing. And then I do particularly like on page three the whole art spread with yeah. Isaac and the heroes and very nicely put together mm-hmm. where you can kind of see the heroes in <laughs> Isaac's kimono <laughs> in the stars background. It's, it's a pretty good look. No, it is really good. And then they fight and Thanos keeps talking about how he is the universe. And then you're wondering 
why, though? Well, I guess because he's Thanos. Mm. Yeah, I should mention that uh, both of these issues have Jim Starlin for writing, pencils, and color. Oh, actually, I guess this one he did plot and not necessarily all the words because they've got Steve heart as words. But, uh, yeah, this is definitely Jim Starlin. So, during the battle, Captain Marvel brings up this idea of prodding Thanos' ego again. And so, if you don't consider Thanos to be, you know, wanting to die so that he can marry death, he, they're definitely perpetuating the concept that he's just so egotistical that he puts himself in really bad situations. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the flaw that they beat the drum of constantly with Thanos, is that he's this huge, giant, immense egotist who, if he doesn't have an audience and people paying attention to him and all that, then it's all worthless. Well, as an unloved child. <laughs> well, but he sense. wasn't unloved. That's the thing. He believed himself unloved. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he got exiled for trying to take over the planet, so clearly he was not loved. Yeah. Mm. And then he proceeds to beat the shit out of Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. sees yeah. the fact that the Avengers have destroyed a ship, and then decides, okay, I'm going to leave. After putting out the fire in the building that Captain Marvel is in, clearly trying to save him as well. Well, and then they bring in this character that I love, that they bring in Mantis, but she's actually in a different time, and they were like, we need to bring the Avengers in and kind of justify how all this is happening. So, psychic characters. Mantis is amazing, though. Is this the first time that we meet her? Uh, No. No, she was in the big, like, Drax walks into the Avengers' mansions and everyone tries to beat him up. Right! Uh, she was in that fight, although we didn't recognize her because she wasn't very green. Although she's not particularly green in this one either, because, I guess... The chloroform happens later. Yeah, but yeah, no, she's pretty awesome, and she will be in the Guardians at the Dan Abbott's initial Guardians run, so we'll someday get to her. <laughs> but I don't think there's a whole lot of her. For her spoilers, very short run. <laughs> yeah. I don't know much about Mantis, so... But then comes my favorite part, because look to the sky. Again, I come for you, Thanos. Again. And again. And again. You can never escape. You can never restrain me. You can never destroy me, for I am your destroyer. That's and scary. Sorry. Oh, no, go on. I was just going to say, his entrance is so dramatic. It's beautiful. It he is such a drama queen. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I would also like to point out that the Cosmic Cube over the process of all of this, has shifted from something roughly about the size of a man's palm to just a page earlier where Marvel picks it up. It's roughly about the size of a marble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's clearly it's, I guess, it's it's cosmic fluid. And he once again says it's empty of power, but I'm uh-huh. certain it's the key. Although my favorite part is Drax comes in, and then what does he do again? He just shoots another laser beam at Thanos as if it will work this thousandth time. After well, the other thousands don't. Well, it's it it a like, physical form at this point. And it looks like a critical hit. I mean, that's a natural 20 right there. Mm-hmm. As you know with boss fights, they've got a health meter, and they're totally fine until you get to the last one, so we just got to keep hitting them. Mm. Oh my god, Thanos is Andros! <laughs> He's a giant floating head, and he shoots eye beams That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Holy cow. Wow. Although, I did wonder why he refers to Drax as an android. Because he does? Well, oh, and either an zombie. Yeah, the lunatic's android's thunderous arrival yeah. brings my other remaining foe to investigate. You know, uh, because he is just so one-minded, and he's not, you know, he doesn't have the, like, logic, or that's a bad well, word I for Well, I think android. it's because he was artificially created by Kronos, so exactly. it is Drax's spirit in an uh, android body. It certainly explains how he can die a couple times. <laughs> 
So do you think Drax is those weird android demon things that Thanos was creating earlier? These weird Titan golem creations? Is that like what Titan does is these android robotic human things and put spirits in them? Uh, could mm. be. That would be a cool power. I, I Although, don't know where I was going with that. Pretend I didn't say any of that. It, was <laughs> that, it is that weird mix, because you've got all of the Titans constantly talking about scientific advancement. We get told that Drax got his soul grabbed as it was on its way to death and shoved into this body. As we know, you can measure souls with science. Apparently so. Apparently Kronos had a solometer. <laughs> and then comes, like, <laughs> I don't know, a solometer. And Sorry. then you've got, you've got Thanos... Finally deciding, hey, wait, I'm a god. I yes. don't have a physical form. Grows to a giant size. And out throws a building at them. Well, and furthermore, Drax does the same things you've said you like before. You know, he's a giant floating head in the sky, firing right. eye beams with no physical form. He's easier to find, and I will obliterate you. Yes. Oh, no. I, I think my favorite part is, like, I have to look at the picture again, because the page after with the giant Thanos head, and I first thought the building was just flying, and then I realized, oh, Thanos is actually throwing it at them. That's got to be what it is, other than their ship has a rocket ship, but I'm guessing it's thrown at them. It has a very strange flight path. Yes, it does. It does. It's like he's using the building as a missile. It's a guided missile, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the next page I'm, literally... I'm sure all the people in that office building are thrilled at the concept of suddenly being launched into a space. Damage control can handle it afterwards. Damage control, just be there afterwards and going, we'll fix this. Yeah, we'll just retcon them out of the building. Although yeah, the next code page... wouldn't allow it to be occupied. Yes. The next Although... page, seriously... Go on. Oh, go ahead. No, you're first, because mine's on the next page that I love so much. Well, no, I, I was going to go to the next page. All right, so I think I'm going to sum up the next page, because, yeah, we can talk about it, but really, for those listeners here, this is the best page ever, because it literally is Drax going, I will destroy you, and still basically trying to punch and shoot Thanos. And then Captain Marvel essentially going, no, this is wrong. We need to think our way. And then just going, all right, you know what? Forget that. You just distract him and I'm going to go think away. You just keep doing that, Drax. Like, it's like, you good on you, Drax. You just, you just keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to actually go do something important. <laughs> go, girl. Go, go, girl. I, yeah. I actually like the almost Star Trekian five situation here with why would a god need a weapon? Yeah. Yes. So uh, they did mention it. At some point, you know, that while Thanos is almost like a god, he has not quite mastered the, like, multiple-dimensional awareness, so he can only concentrate on one thing at a time. So Drax distracting him is actually probably a good plan. Drax the Distractor. But Drax the Distractor, that's wonderful. And hands down, it's a great plan, but I love that Drax isn't technically part of the plan. Drax is just Drax. It's like when the Avengers use the Hulk. It's mm -hmm. like, Hulk, just go smash something. We're going to actually think of a plan. And something else is they talk about Mantis having a mind link with Isaac. Does that come in later? Is that important? Wait, well, uh, it's just kind of cool. It makes her somewhat important in the story, kind of, rather than just being pretty. Well, yes. Yeah. And it's also, at this point, we really start to get into some contrivances in the story. Because, you know, Marvel's been carrying around this cube, pretty much hinting constantly that it's going to be the key to everything. Then they go into the theory that Thanos needs worshippers, which is why he's doing all these grandiose motions everywhere, mm -hmm. is he wants people to think, oh god, Thanos is up in the sky, he's a god, and this somehow stabilizes his power. And then Captain Marvel does the whole, oh, well, he threw away the cosmic cube, so he must have been trying to distract us from it. Right. And then they do the crazy mind warp to defeat Thanos, and then, I guess, we can, I guess it is a very cool picture of him turning old and doing that, but really, they win. 
<laughs> Cosmic Cube destroyed the end. And at it, I I actually love the scene at the end with Death looking at it and being happy that Thanos died. Because mm-hmm. they do at the end go to that like really good introspective Thanos moment that I like so much. Where I'm trying to remember how it goes, but it's basically Thanos loves Death. But in reality, if I'm correct, Death does love Thanos. But Death can't love Thanos because Thanos loves Death. And there's a little more confusion to that, but I'm pretty sure it's like this. They can't both love each other at the same time because that's just not how it works. Am I right? (laughs) Probably. Sure. Okay. It's weird. We can just say it's weird. Death is his manic pixie dream girl. So there it is. But still, no one speaks. No one is ready. One among the silent throng somehow senses that no one worshipped Thanos, not even Thanos himself, for he worshipped Death. And for that reason, Death could not worship him. That was a very interesting idea where it's you can't worship something that you worship too. So Thanos worshiping death mean death can't love Thanos because then death can't worship Thanos, which she wants to do. Because you can't worship something that you are worshiping. That's it. And that actually blew my mind a little bit. So by putting death on the pedestal in the previous panel, he's taking away her ability for him to worship her. Or her to worship him. Exactly. And therefore she can't love him because... Yes, no, that's it, exactly. So did he become a god so that death would worship him? I think his original intention with becoming god is his original intention with becoming god every single time, which is he's going to sacrifice whole big chunks of the universe to death because he thinks that'll make death love him. He's not very good at this. No, no he's not. Because inevitably what happens is he kills a whole bunch of people, and then because there's cosmic power involved, somebody else gets a hold of it and is like, oh, well, I'll just fix everything. Yeah, but at the end there, I just love how that works out, where it's like, Death wants to worship Thanos. Death wants to love Thanos, but she can't because Thanos already worships her. It's kind of like this, like really disturbing, really interesting, sick, demented love thing, where it's like, "I love you more than anything," and Death goes, "I love you more than anything, but I can't love you more than anything if you love me more than anything because then I'm more than anything." It's deep. It's deep. It's deep and incredibly dysfunctional. Absolutely, because it's almost like Death is being a responsible person. She's like, I really, really like you, Thanos, but you're a little too clingy. You gotta kind of find yourself. You gotta be a whole person before I can really accept you. Except she's only doing that because she wants to be clingy to Thanos, but he, she can't because he's clingy to her first. Exactly. That's really disturbing. <laughs> she wants to be chased. Yes. Oh yeah. She wants to be chased. She wants to be wooed. It's pretty. You know, it, 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 all women want that. So this is it the reverse also that she wants to be adoring to Thanos, but she can't because he's adoring to her. Hmm. It's like she wants Thanos to not love her or to just be like, oh, you're my girlfriend, death, and then it'll be okay. Like, stop worshipping me. Just let's, let's try to not do it with the worship part. Or at least she wants to just, worship him back. <laughs> can't we just go out to dinner like normal people? There we <laughs> go. I'm a cosmic force of death, and you're a cosmic force of absolute destruction. Can't we just, you know... Go down to the corner and have a nice diner, dinner, and maybe go see a movie? That's all Thanos wants. That's what he needs the Cosmic Cube for, anyway. And then, throughout all of this, which I've noticed to be a relatively consistent theme through Captain Marvel, who's a Kree soldier who has likely killed innumerable people previously? Thanos, the god who was going to destroy the universe and do terrible, awful things, is dead, and Captain Marvel feels bad about it. Oddly... Because he's part Rick Jones. I would say, oddly, um, uh, if that building was unoccupied, Thanos kills no one during his run as an insane god. Well, because he's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. 
Well, better. I mean, well, Eon and Mentor and Moondragon all took damage, right? We don't know if they're alive. Marvel's girlfriend, or Rick Jones's girlfriend, we don't know if she's alive or not. No, we don't uh, know if she's alive. We do. She was there in one of those panels. Yeah, she had a moment of introspection with a rose staring out a bay window over New York City. What I believe they break happen? up shortly thereafter, because when mm-hmm. we get to the next Captain Marvel Drax story, Captain Marvel and Rick Jones have separated, but they're still buddies, so they're having space adventures together. I have to read more Rick Jones Drax space adventures. We will get it to that. It gets a little weird. They have as long as, as long as Thanos, as long as Drax is not a you know like brain lobotomized person, he's a good one single minded character. Yep. Yep. He's still single minded. <laughs> so, uh, do you have any last thoughts on this uh, story arc? That was a pretty big run. Drax, the solution to everything is shoot it with a lightning bolt or a fireball. <laughs> At some point, he loses the, like, shoot things with bolts from his hand power. Probably next time he dies. <laughs> Every time he dies, he just gets dumber and loses more powers. Kind of. He just becomes, like, another big, bulky... He basically becomes a wrestler. Mm-hmm. He becomes another Hulk-type, punchy character. And well, he's... Sorry, is in the 90s, so he becomes like the Hulk, and this is the point in the 90s when it's Smart Hulk. <laughs> so like he becomes the new Hulk and Hulk is is like man was I like this <laughs> doesn't he also have superhuman agility um he winds and- up with that and I don't know if that's directly because of him or because he has the power gem mm. in the 90s because that was the whole point of the uh, infinity watch was each of the members had one of the gems so that that way they couldn't be easily brought back together Right. Except for they all hang out in the same place. Yeah, it it doesn't, well, not all of them. That's true. There's that secret gem that they give to someone else. Yes, like, what? Never existed before. Until uh, no, it existed. I don't think it was ever referenced before, though. I'm pretty sure in the next arc, um, there will be six of them. Oh, okay. There's always been six. Except for that one Adam Warlock issue where there was only one. Well, I thought it was there were always six gems, but one was put in an alternate universe or universe before this one, and that's why they couldn't find it. Like, there were the uh, five that were given, and then there was the one that was in the previous universe, or at least that's what I remember from Infinity Gauntlet. Like, it was in the previous universe, and therefore that's why it was hidden. I don't know, maybe that is where the sixth one shows up. There definitely is six uh, from Gauntlet on. We'll have to check. We'll find soon enough, because the first time Drax gets the gems is relatively soon. Is it Drax or Thanos? I mean, sorry, Thanos. Okay. Because those gems bounce all over the fucking place. Don't get me wrong. It is true. Well, I I believe they existed before the Thanos arc that we're going to cover, but I'm not quite sure on that. I mean, certainly... Well, I know Warlock has one. ...existed before. Not even necessarily Warlock, but yeah, that's another one. Because later in Captain Marvel, there's a reference to one of them. Now, at this point, I'm going to have to go soon, so can you wrap this up? Well, I'll cut that part out, but I yeah. do have to go. So, okay. We're pretty so, much wrapped up. Is just any final thoughts, Keenan? Thoughts on Drax the Destroyer. I appreciate how they made him in this whole run. He was, as I said, he's kind of silly being one-minded, but he's not dumb, and he's just he really is just so passionate about destroying Thanos. It's, it's an interesting character. It's silly kind of a little bit. It, it's not effective, and yet I kind of appreciate that. I think my only thing is, he never really does anything successful the entire time. 
And that makes me kind of sad. Like, his entire run, he doesn't do anything really to save the day and be successful in stopping Thanos. And it makes me sad for the character. I also noted that if we find out here that Moondragon is his daughter, and it'll be like six more years before they meet up in comics. Like, they were together before they knew, and then they get separated in the battle, then he finds out, and then there's a big gap. There's a lot of those. Because then they think it's not terribly important to emphasize that. Yeah. But yeah, no, this is a great run. Definitely worth yeah. checking out. Unfortunately, I think the Masterwork volume that collects it in print is out of print, but it is at least all on Marvel Unlimited, so it is available if you really want to check it out. Yeah, this was a really great introduction to Drax, and I'm excited to get into Infinity Watch because it's a uh, completely... Well, anyway, Infinity Watch is pretty great. So, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. All right. All right. See you guys. If you'd like to leave feedback, you can email guardians at cosmictales.com or find us on Twitter at Cosmic Tales. Join us next episode for a special look at the original Guardians of the Galaxy team.